Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast, Cut the Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. We have on the line today, Dom Joe. What up, Dom Joe? What's up, world? Coming to you live from none other than Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Hope everybody's doing well. And we have Max Million. Up, world? Seville live as always. Hope everyone's having a good day, staying quarantined. And today we have another. Oh, who's coming? In? Come on now. We sooner or later we go clean this up. But today we have another. <laughs> today we have another. Uh, another who's where episode, man. You know, another one of those like um, Justin Renfro episodes where we gonna claim you, even though you know what I'm saying that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of that. Uh, that's a little bit of that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, uh, one of our good friends, man. One of our good friends, University of Virginia wide receiver. EJ Scott, what's up, EJ? What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fellas? Should I go with EJ or Earl? EJ, EJ's cool. All right, bet, bet, bet. I didn't know what you want out there or not, but it's already out there, so we good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, EJ, man, EJ, UVA wide receiver, went to Wake Forest this last year. We'll get into that. I'm going, I pulled up his little. Uh, his little wait, wait for his bio, you know what I'm saying? And they showed some of his UVA numbers. So I was, I kind of got an understanding of why he went over there, but I want to hear from his perspective. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then we're going to get into, uh, you know, what he did after sports. He went to work at CAA, which is one of the largest sports agencies in the world. And then now he started his own um, agency group now representing um, NFL athletes, starting off with NFL athletes. I'm sure he'll expand eventually. So it's a good it's a good story. We're going to learn about his UVA experience and um, take it all the way through. But before we get into that, man, we're going to start with quarantine update week number. Is this week four? Week three? I think it's week four of quarantine updates, man. Um, so, man, what the, what's up, Dom Joe? Anything new going on? You know, you don't give us a Saint answer for three weeks in a row. What's up with quarantine no, update, man? My 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 answers changed, bro. Last week I was tired. Of, I was I was uh, feeling real encouraged. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this week, you know what I'm saying? Um, this week, I feel like it started off slow, but it ended on a good note. Uh, we got a good we got a good opportunity with helping hands coming up, so that's good. Um, in August, hopefully everything runs right. And really, right now, I'm just preparing for the mad dash that's going to happen when everything gets back running again. You know, be a mad dash, like, huh? It's going to be a mad dash, man. So I'm just giving everybody a fair warning right now. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Because when, hey, because when, when it's game time, it's going to be game time When the doors open up, it's going to be full sprint. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big facts, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much my mindset right now. Word. Uh, Max, anything changed for you? You ain't gave us a new answer either. What's up with you, Max? Everything's still going. Man, everything's still going. We're still rocking. We're business as usual. The only thing is... Uh, the you don't get out the car, that, you know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's that's it. But uh, like I said, man, it's I'm I'm a little I'll be a little worried. You know, maybe two three weeks if we still haven't come out of this with getting any new business. You know, um, my you know nine after nine months it's gonna look a little uh, a little hairy for 
where I'm gonna be at. But for now, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm booked up solid for the next nine months, so I'm not too worried. Solid, solid. But a lot of a lot of this business is also gonna be predicated off of these stimulus package whenever they come. You know what I'm saying? If if they doing what Trump said, then we it should be they should be able I I feel bad for restaurants for real. They might not be able to get up and running, but as long as developers have buying capital, you know what I'm saying? I think it'd be straight. That's why oh, these people These people on these commercial real estate leases that just started, oh they in trouble. So oh, I, know, yeah. I know a guy that uh just just rented out a, a bar spot in uh in Lexington, he was his first week was before the, they shut it down. His first week was like March March third or something like that. They shut it down mm, about March. Yeah, they shut it down next week. So his opening day was two weeks before coronavirus shut down. I know he can't survive that. Wow, can't, can't survive. Yeah. But, uh, I, mean, I know a lot of restaurants. They, uh, I talked to a couple of restaurants and they um, do a work on a couple of them. And they're saying that their takeout is only covering basically their uh, their rent barely. Um, most of them, they, you know, they in about forty, fifty thousand dollars a month range for, for rent. Mm-hmm. So that takeout is different than, uh, you know, the dining with the dining, you know, you get a lot, a lot of money from alcohol sales. You're telling me, cause I was like, man, takeout shouldn't be that different. You know, you still maybe get a little bit less customers, maybe you get more, but you know, you're still getting paid. He's like, yeah, but yeah, I think when you go out to eat, especially like these higher end restaurants, they get you on them desserts, alcohol. They get Alcohol you on the desserts. Dessert. They, they bring you that. Yeah. They bring they bring that dessert tray around. They bring that dessert menu around four times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah but they're like, yeah. he's like, man. Usually people spend more on alcohol than they do the food. And with the takeout right now, people ain't taking out alcohol. Yeah, nah, that's, that's true. Squirrel, man. Oh well, everybody for just so you guys know, squirrel's nickname for, for EJ. Yeah. So if you hear, so you hear, so you hear the word squirrel. squirrel yeah, that's what I'm referencing right there, man. We'll get into his nicknames here in a, in a little bit, bro. But hey, EJ, hey, man, oh, more, more professional, more professional, man. EJ, man, how's how's uh the coronavirus, uh, the quarantine shutdown affecting you and your business at the moment? Hey, Earl Squirrel, EJ, whatever, it's all good. But yeah, the uh, Corona stuff's crazy. Um, just speaking on just what the NFL, they didn't uh, stop with the start of the league year, so it was uh you know free agency. Everyone was in one spot, so that was uh that was a little wild. But but yeah, it's uh I don't know, it's getting everyone's kinda of staying aside in Baltimore. You see a lot more masks, so hopefully everybody stays safe these next couple of weeks. Word, word. So my so my one my main question today is how are you guys working out in quarantine and are you working out? We'll start with Max. Since Max is down ten pounds or something like that. Come on, Max, how are you working out, bro? Hey, so look, I got, you know, I got two methods. First of all, you know, my brother's really big into fitness and he got a bunch of these fitness bands and uh, he created a little little home workout, um, you know, these strengthening bands. They're actually sprinter bands, like just different tensions for different colors. And you can pretty much do everything. I mean, we got bench, buys, tries, shoulders. You can do everything with that. And then um, Anisha, her brother created a little home workout program that's like all body weight stuff. So we slacked a little bit this week, but you know what I'm saying? We're going to get back on next week. We're hitting that most of the time every day. Quick little 45-minute workouts, you know what I'm saying? Hit me up if you want. He's selling them. They're not free, so I'll, I'll get you in contact. <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, look, hey, he, he on this uh, quarantine working on a side hustle, man. I can't hate on to. it. I didn't buy it, but got I, to. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, he trying to me, bro. Hey, tell me why he texted me, hit me with the, hey, you going to uh, buy this workout for uh, for my sister? I said, uh, read that sense again. Hell no, I ain't about to buy that dude. He's it for free. 
I better not see no former athletes buying workout plans, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, I, told, I said, bro, I can, I can work out plans for free. Come on now, don't do this to me, but... You know, so he gave it to me for free, so I'm I'm out here promoting it for him. Hopefully, get him a couple more. Well, sales. What about cardio? Are you getting any cardio, or are you just doing those hit the hit training with the with the workout? So that's the, that's what it, it's like a hit cardio training. But nah, I started to get out there. You know, I'm not a runner, but yeah, I ran a mile the other day. I'm gonna try to get out there and run a mile each day before the workout. You know, hit the mile. Back it tight. Oh, back man, back got super tight. You got the monkey on the back. <laughs> oh man. Boy, hey, my man. thing looked like uh looked like John Kevin Dose. I'm sorry, Dose, but you know his back is getting tight. That's how I, that's how I'm looking, man. Hey man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Before, hey, I head I head outside, man. I be back inside so quick. They be like, that was quick. That was quick, man. Was, hey man, I ain't pushing through no back tightness. As soon as that thing tightened up, we walking it in. Oh, man. Yo, y'all gotta y'all gotta push it through the back tightness, man. Y'all gotta push through that's- that. That thing, hey, oh, it tightened up quick, bro. Hey, that's one of the worst pains you can find, bro. Man, you start feeling like you uh, paraplegic. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, nothing you can do to get out of that, too. Hey, it's Dom Joe, man. I know Dom Joe going to give us something. Dom Joe, what's the workout routine looking like right now, man? Uh, you know, I'm outside with it. I, go, I, I hit the track. I get my miles in. I do either two miles or a mile and a half. If I'm doing, if I'm doing a, a mile, I'm, I'm trying to run a five-minute mile. I'll never do it, but that's what I'll be trying to do. But uh, I work. I hit the track every other day, and then um, I also, you know, I do bodyweight stuff at the crib, push-ups, abs, sit-ups. Um, I did feel my low back starting to get weak, so I started doing Supermans, yo. I be doing like a hundred Supermans. <laughs> you I'm doing, doing Supermans, the Supermans? <laughs> yo. I'm, I'm doing Supermans right now, actually. Yo. <laughs> um, and then uh, also, also, um, I also do handstand push-ups. You know what I'm saying? And um, when I was younger, I used to do like really. I used to be really good at handstands, like walk upstairs and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a little more heavier now, two shoulder surgeries in, 30, 31 years old. So it's it's a little different now, but, you know, just getting a good workout for my shoulders and all that. So Still going for that five-minute mile. We might need to see that on Instagram Live, bro, that five-minute nah, mile. Bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you got to live, live hey. stream that for sure. Hey. Yo, nah, man. That stuff hurt, man. I only did it twice. I tried to do it twice, man. I tried to do it last year, and I thought I was going to do it. And I was like, man, I'm going to get it this year, man. I ain't got nothing but time, nothing but time. And last week, I tried that thing. I don't think I'm going to try it again, man, because I'll be feeling like I'm about to die. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be hitting that I'll be hitting that about 710. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, we're in social distancing. You pass out, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, EJ, hey, man, but, you, yo, you working out, EJ, bro? I've been on the uh, jailhouse workouts in the apartment, so you know, push up, sit ups. I uh, snagged a pair of dumbbells from downstairs in the gym, so been doing a little something with those. But yeah, keeping it keeping it simple, keeping it simple. Right. Mm-hmm. Dom, he's about to Yo, say EJ, man. Let yeah. me tell you something. Oh, my phone, Chase. Let me tell you something, EJ. What what what, what we got going on today, man? Is this gonna be a real Justin Renfro type today, man? You coming on with that kind what, of what, drama? What was Renfro's like? I I didn't uh, I didn't catch I didn't catch Renfro's. Uh, Renfro came in hot. What was Renfro talking about? Man, we talking about a whole lot of stuff that I didn't see. Hey, Chase, a whole lot of stuff I wasn't aware of. Is Squirrel coming in? Is Squirrel coming nah, in? Nah, 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 man. This is going to be real professional, man. Squirrel runs a business. All right? Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. uh... <laughs> I got to go back and listen to Justin. We're going to go ahead and jump into this thing, man. We're going to get it going. Nothing crazy. Oh, for myself on the workout tip, man, 
trying to get out there. I'm on the sprints right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm working out at the uh, convention center just outside. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just hitting like the yeah, just hit the just hit the striders, the striders, the 100 yard striders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some jump ropes in there every now and then. I, I'm not at home hitting no weights and push up it's just stuff like that right now. You know what I'm saying? We just working straight cardio. Working on I got one objective right now to get that back, get that back untight at about a, at about about the mile marker. You know what I'm saying? Get Superman. that thing untight. So uh get them supermans in, bro. Yeah, I'm gonna try them supermans out, bro. But you know what? You know, there's some things that I pref- refuse to do after I'm done playing sports. And Superman's was on that list, bro. I ain't gonna be doing no Superman's. Cold Dub, <laughs> Superman's, you know what I'm saying? That's some things you shouldn't be doing after you've done playing competitive ball. You know what I'm saying? Catch Dom at the house hitting Superman's. What you doing, bro? <laughs> hey, Cold Dub is definitely on that list, though. You cannot catch me in Cold Dub, bro. Nah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, you barely catch me in one in school. Yeah, if you right. working out too hard to get in the cold, you working out way too hard if you got to get in the Cold Dub. You know what I'm saying? You need to reevaluate what you're doing. So, it's fair to put power clean on that list too. Yeah, I ain't hit no power clean. Oh, I ain't hit a power clean. No, <laughs> or front I squat. I ain't hit a front squat either. Yeah, I ain't hit no power cleans, bro. Um, I still hit the bench, but yeah, power clean, front squat, nah, none of that. I might mess around and do a deadlift. I might mess around and do a deadlift if I'm trying to find something else for a leg day. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's almost like a day off with a deadlift if you ain't doing heavy. You're right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, we'll go ahead and get into this thing, man, jump into it real quick. You already got a little bit of a overview of, of what my man EJ is doing right now. But EJ, just give him just a high-level overview of what where you're currently at, what you're currently doing, and then we'll get back into the history. Yeah, so I just uh, recently got certified with the NFLPA. That's just the, uh, you know, union that oversees, you know, the players and, uh, you know, they uh, manage who, you know, can negotiate contracts for the guys. So I was certified as of October 1st. And then just got through, uh, you know, free agency. So this is my first year and, uh, you know, started my own company uh, called the Sports Group. So I'm out of Baltimore, Maryland and uh, was working for a big agency. Like you said, Uh, I was in Nashville for about two years, um, you know, working under, you know, a group of agents for a big group and kind of learned the business that way. And then uh, went off on my own recently. So that's kind of where I am right now. Swear, swear. We're going to get some of uh, EJ's opinions on some seven on seven and things of that nature, how you recruit athletes and all those different types of things a little later in the podcast. But first and foremost, man, uh, EJ, tell everybody where you grew up, where you from, how you ended up at the university of Virginia. Yeah. So I grew up in, uh, Howard County, Maryland. So that's about 30 minutes outside of, uh, Baltimore. Um, you know, went to, uh, good council high school and, uh, was recruited out of there to go to, you know, UVA, um, so I chose UVA. Did you who'd you choose UVA over? Who was it? Wake. Wake Wake was the number two. Wake was number two, and you just went over there after the after the things weren't yeah, working you know out. What I'm you just went back over there you to know? the black and gold, bro. All right, cool. One A, one B, so it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> like now. So, so yeah, Wake, yeah. Anybody else on the list that was interested? Or you you know it was about the two things who you was were looking it? at? Pitt, Rutgers, um, it was a few other. Those probably the top, the top three. I would say uh, Wake, UVA, and then I say Rutgers probably three. So, so the education play a part in your decision. Is that one of the mainstays for those two being the top two? Yeah, you know UVA you can't go can't go uh, 
can't go wrong there. And I was, uh, you know, about two and a half hours from, from the, from the crib. So yeah, it was, uh, you know, good, good fit. One of the best decisions I made. So who was you recruited by? Uh, coach Dex. Okay. Coach Dex. Dex, that's, that's me coming through, man. First of all, shout out to Dex. I don't even think we mentioned it out, but mentioned on the podcast, we shout out to Dex for the college football hall of fame. Well-deserved. Um, so, uh, you Dex recruited you out of there, man. Uh, got you to come down to UVA. So, what was your UVA experience like? Was it um, just start with your first year and progress it through to your senior year, and how how things started and how they what you expected to how they progressively changed? Yeah, I mean, because you know we started off with we started off kind of on fire. You know what I'm saying? You came in, you thought you, we thought we thought Squirrel was about to do something. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> we, we we went to the. Uh, Chick-fil-A bowl, and then we don't know what happened after that, me, Dom, and Mac. So you could talk us through that situation. What was going on? Oh, yeah. Now, nah, I think that Chick-fil-A bowl, yeah, that was the year I missed because I was – when I had the month, that knocked me out. So I, I think I only played – I don't even remember, probably like four or five games that season then had to uh, cut it off. But now just UVA as a whole, I mean, just from a university standpoint and everything, um, you know, and I tell people that now – um, they're not nothing like it, you know. Um, you know, just love the school, everything about it. I know our, you know, football was up and down, but uh, and we went through some different, uh, you know, coaching changes and et cetera. But uh, you know, just as a school as a whole, you know, couldn't couldn't think of a better place to attend. And um, yeah, so the football was a little up and down. I think I got 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 things together. What was that? My red shirt, red shirt sophomore year, so my third year there, and then. Um, then we had a new staff come in. I think we weren't really in that spread offense where I was playing that slot. So um, I ended up graduating early and then ended up going to Wake for my uh, senior year. And then uh, that was kind of a spread offense. So that was uh, ended up turning out real good for me. So it was kind of more of the offense that, that kind of uh, you thought you had to get yourself out of. Because you you did I Wake, what was your Wake, what was your Wake numbers like? Yeah, I had, what, 50? So 50 catches my senior year, over 50? Uh catching my senior year so it was a uh, it was a good situation it, it you know worked out um just not having to sit out with the grad transfer rules I think back then it wasn't as common as you see now where I know a lot of guys are you know on the move where they have the grad portal on that sort of thing so uh yeah it, it worked out they were in a spread offense so that kind of you know fit me you know just because of what five ten and a half yeah, yeah. undersized you know what I'm saying so so you went from this, I mean I'm just looking at the Wake Forest, but this might be a little off. But they said that at UVA your last year at UVA you made three catches for 30 yards, bro, and then you went to 50 yards or 50 catches at, at Wake Forest. Something's got to be going yeah. wrong on UVA side. What's up with that? You, you said what, Chase? I said something's got to be going wrong on UVA side. What's up with that? I don't know. You know, just different different systems. I think the year before that, I don't know my numbers at UVA, but that was a uh, you know I, I played a uh, played a good amount. You know that prior year started some games. Yeah, had twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine catches. Not bad. Yeah, a couple, couple touchdowns. So, yeah, good thing I got in the wake. I think they were looking, looking at that, uh, that tape from the year prior. Thank God. So, so you wasn't really. So, there. so it wasn't really. You never had no issues with the coaches or anything like that at UVA. It's just all system based, pretty much. Did they offer you to come yeah. back for a fifth year, or did you just want to go to a new, new school? Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was really just system based. Um, I left right after the season. So I think in the spring, they'd probably do the whole, um, scholarship thing, but I went in and kind of 
I guess had it had it planned just because my classes were, uh, you know, I took took the classes and was, uh, you know, good to go. So I know in the XME, I just said, you know, told coach I was, uh, you know, playing how's, on track. How, how does that go, man? You know, how do you go into the coach's office and be like, hey, man, I'm done with this, bro. This a BS, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I ain't had that experience yet. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was all love to be honest. Like, coach, shout out to Coach London. Um, I actually talked to uh, Corbin not too long ago. I talked to him. He's at University of Maryland. I think he was, uh, you know, interning with some sports agencies. So we actually talked uh, yeah, small yeah. world. But yeah, no, it was it was all uh, it, it was all good. It was just um, you know he was understanding of the situation, so it, it worked out. I'm glad uh, you know I didn't have to miss any time. So I really went from ending the season at uva and then right right to wake forest and did their spring uh spring training so it was really no uh it happened quick you know it wasn't like i was sitting out or taking classes but not with the team um or any of that so it was actually a smooth smooth transition as could be so solid we'll get into yeah, wake I got forest no experience complaints. we'll get into your wake forest experience in a little bit so at uva um how was the academics you what did you study and did you come in wanting to study that or did you kind of get forced into whatever you ended up doing <laughs> I did uh, sociology, so I didn't really know what I wanted to study coming in, but I'm sure y'all know. What did what, you, you guys study? What what the three of you guys study? Dom, Dom was history, me and Max was social. Oh, all right, all right, yeah. I feel like social was pretty much, what was it, social and anthropology was one of those. Yeah, yeah. We don't know why Dom did history. We still try to figure that <laughs> out. It's an unknown, right. unknown seventh, <laughs> eighth wonder of the world. You know what I'm saying? Dom, the wild card. Yeah. Always, always been like that, man. Oh, you know. Path, path, path less driven. You know what I'm saying? That's me. Make my own jewel. <laughs> I, I respect it. <laughs> Dom and Pablo hey, Alvarez hey, probably the only two places. I almost had a Ford moment, yo. Yeah, man. Today, Junior? My bad, EJ. I almost had a Floyd moment, yo. Damn. But, um, so you, you didn't know what you wanted to get into. They didn't say you're on a business school or you know, comm school or something like that. And and then, you know, you got in there and you was like, ah, oh, man, the only thing I can do is sociology. It's the only thing that seems like it's possible for us to do is sociology. You have none of that experience? Oh, yeah. You know, we took those uh, took those visits up to the business school and all that on the little official and all that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done on that. <laughs> do you think that there's anything <laughs> that you, do you think that there's anything the universities should do better to help? Well, we'll get into that a little later, but you know, we always talk about, you know, things not being available for the athletes so far as to be successful outside of business or outside of sports as as, as prevalent as it should be. Um, but we'll get into that. How was your Wake Forest experience, man? How was your Wake Forest experience? What is UVA like um, compared to Wake Forest as far as school-related um, and then, I guess, football environment-related? Yeah, so I guess starting with school, Wake was a lot smaller. So I think Wake probably had about 5,000 might have had about 5,000, uh, 4,500 undergrad, I want to say. So the classes were a lot smaller, um, but it was, it was hard. It was, uh, it was a, uh, you know, kind of a small, smaller environment, but another prestigious school. Um, I think uh, UVA, you know, the classes were bigger and different things. I was also in grad school, so it was kind of hard to compare. I guess maybe apples to oranges, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think U- UVA social atmosphere and all that was a lot was a lot different. A lot, you know, a lot more going on at UVA for sure. But uh, you know, football wise, they had a new coach coming in, uh, Coach Clawson at Wake. 
So, um, you know, he was instilling a new culture there. So um, I kind of, uh, and actually Horgan, Coach Horgan was, uh, was a strength coach at UVA. So he was coming in with uh, Coach Clawson. So I, re, uh, I got connected with him again, too. So oh, okay. that, cool. was, uh, cool. that was funny. But now fo- football week was good. Um, you know, they were putting in a new system. So I kind of just, uh, you know, slid, slid right in and, and, you know, it was a good, good year. Solid, man. Uh, so you, you sounds like it was a, a great decision for you that turned out as a business decision that paid off. So did you pursue the NFL after your career, after you, after you were done? Did you pursue it at all? Or did you go straight into looking to get into the workforce? What was your experience like with that? Yeah, no, I pursued uh, the NFL. So I did, uh, you know, I went away, went to Arizona and was doing training um, for the combine, not for the combine pro day. And, um, you know, ended up doing pro day and then ended up doing a mini camp with the Buffalo Bills. Um, that only lasted three days. So that was the, that was a rookie that was mini the camp? End, of my, end of my run. Yeah. How'd you do a rookie mini camp, man? You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Give us some information. You know, I had I, I <laughs> hit him with some hot, some hot stuff in the, in the one-on-one line. You hit him with so, the step backs. Yeah. Hey, hey, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah, nah. That rookie mid camp man is a different beast. Um, I never did a rookie mid camp. I, I, I kind of planned my uh, my recoveries to to get around the rookie mini camps, man. That was a slaughter fest out there. And you know what I'm saying? Gotta, <laughs> I never, I never liked to be in a position where I was going against people that didn't have no tape in the film room. You know what I'm saying? I hate that situation right there. But I, I used to hate preseason NFL, and I used to hate rookies, random people coming to practice and rookie minicamps and things of that nature because you just have people showing up. You don't know what their skill sets are. You don't know what your skill sets are. You know what I'm saying? So I always like to know. I like to, I like to turn the light on in the room before I go into that thing like Dom Joe said. And uh, rookie minicamp was definitely a dark room for everybody. I don't care what nobody said. Everybody out there going against people you ain't never seen in your life. So, um, yep. That's it's, hilarious because Chase used to always be on that tape. That is one thing. So that's, that's funny you say that, but you're dead on. Yep, for sure. Um, so yeah, man. So after after the Buffalo Bills thing went in, you you decided real quick that you was just going to move on. Wasn't going to train or anything like that. Wasn't going to try like arena football, CFL, none of that stuff enticed you. Um, no, and no, I just kind of you know, uh, you know, got got to it. Didn't really know what I was going to do, but uh, you know, wanted to get into the you know field and just start you know pursuing you know <clears throat> you know work. NFL or one way or another so, mindset, yeah so yeah pretty much and just you know having I was fortunate to have you know two two good degrees um so kind of wanted to you know see see what happened there so I kind of just chilled that summer and then um you know started doing some networking and that sort of thing and you know slowly got into the sports the sports thing so it was uh how did, that come, how did that come about, man? How did you get to CAA? CAA one of the largest companies in the country. How do you pull them strings to get into that into that uh, conglomerate? It was actually kind of random. So I started out um, not too long after I graduated. So I was kind of, uh, you know, working working with a guy who was local in the Baltimore area and kind of, uh, you know, learning under him a little bit. He had uh, worked with a couple of friend, friends of mine. So, uh, you know, did that kind of saw the agency side and, you know, uh, I wanted to decide I wanted to kind of keep pursuing that. So I actually just randomly, um, CA was online. So I applied online for an opportunity that they had and, uh, ended up 
getting getting the interview, getting the job, and uh, and kind of went from there. So I uh, moved down to Nashville. This was probably you know just at a snap of the finger. So I got out of my lease and just moved down there and uh, kind of went full throttle at that that point, just because it was a you know good opportunity. Just seeing you know deals and you know you learn a lot when it's a agency of that, that size, because there's a lot of different, uh, you know, situations, players, et cetera. So you get a, you know, learn a lot. So it was a, well, I'll tell you what, man, but it was kind of random how I came about it. I'll tell you what, man, you must have a good resume. You must, uh, you must have a hell of a resume. Cause I ain't never had no, no type of success <laughs> on an online, on an online, uh, resume, filling that joint out again, the callback. I'm old for like 50. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, I always uh, I found out who the hiring manager was and somebody high up. I just emailed them directly. Emailed them directly. Yeah, yeah. I never had no chance like that. So that's good, man. You went down to Nashville. So what was your job? What was your day to day at CAA like? What what was your what what was your job title and what was you expected to do on a day to day basis? So I was an assistant. um, So I was assistant in the football group. So I just was. you know, I just did, you know, all the, you know, miscellaneous stuff, um, you know, you, you name it. I mean, it wasn't really just kind of depends on the day, but I mean, as you can imagine, it was the, you know, lowest ranking job, but, uh, you know, so, you know, everything. Who would you just, compare that you know, job to in the football locker room or the football staff? Who's that job, man? You said the football staff, like on on what uh what yeah staff? on a college or NFL team. What was your what was your job on that level as, as compared to CAA? So we can kind of get an idea what you're talking about. Lower I say if it was like if London was the head coach, like if it was his, if I was yeah, his yeah. assistant and just doing whatever came up that day. You know, okay. So you kind of learn, you know, everything. I mean, whether it's a marketing aspect to, you know. Directly... A flight for a player, you know, yeah, yeah, this, this yeah. and that, or if it's, uh, you know, pulling some data or putting together, you know, a stat comparison, that sort of thing, or some recruit materials. So it was kind of a, you got, you got to learn a lot um, and just had your hands in different pots, but it was definitely, uh, you know, low level stuff. But uh, so did you ever do anything? Good. Did you do anything as far as like having, having input on who, who they should go after recruiting athletes watching tape, any of those type of things are, are, you know, where did you get your, your, your experience at to, to decide like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on my own now. I got enough experience. I know the ropes enough to, to be like, I'm ready to start my own stuff. Yeah. So yeah, a little, a little bit, definitely just cause I, you know, played and um, you know, I was in the same kind of age group as, you know, the lot of guys that they were, you know, their current clients and guys they were going after. Yeah. So you know, when stuff, there was some overlap, you know, it would ask my opinion on, you know, things like that. And, you know, since I guess I played, you know, where a lot of people didn't, don't have playing experience, uh, you know, in the, in the company, you kind of, uh, you know, have an advantage and just your knowledge of things is, uh, you know, stronger than, you know, someone who, you know, hasn't gone through that experience. So I was, you know, hands-on and, um, you know, in that, in that sense. So it actually, uh, you know, helped me, and kind of advanced me, you know, faster than I'd say, uh, you know, someone else just from having, you know, knowledge of the whole, you know, how everything works, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Um, that's, that's, that's a, 
That's interesting. I, I got so I, I did this internship with University of Louisville, and this is kind of off. I'm mean, gonna get back on topic, man. I did this internship with the University of Louisville, and I remember I was doing this journey. I don't know why I was doing. I think it was I had to do it for a credit for my master's. I had to do an internship, so I was in the marketing department. And uh, you know, first day I was there, I was meeting with the director, the head director of marketing, right underneath the athletic director. One on one meeting, bro. One on one meeting, right with me. And then you know, day two. I go in there again. First, I start my. I'm thinking that that's how she want me to start the day off. Just meet with her. I'm, just meet with her. I'm the direct person that she's supposed to meet with. I'm give, I'm giving her my good ideas on how we gonna how we gonna you know do this marketing joint. You know what I'm saying? About day three, she said, "You don't need to meet with me no more. Just go right into the little office over there with the interns, bro." <laughs> so after that, bro, I was like, "Hey, you know, I don't have my opinion being heard in here, bro. You can kiss my." You know what I'm saying? I had to change my internship. I did about one, two weeks of that internship, man, sitting in that little room on the side. But you know, say it started off good when I thought I actually had input and value amongst the entire corporation. You know, what I'm saying amongst the entire huge business. I thought I had some input and some value. You know, some things that I might say, some things that I might do might actually be seen in the field. But then once you got just pushed down the pushed down the line, you know, what I'm saying it was like little. It didn't feel like you had that same type of value and that same type of purpose of being there. So you know, I couldn't do that. Did you? Did you kind of have that kind of experience a little bit? Yeah, no, I can't. I can't relate to that because, um, you know, after you go through it, um, you know, a couple of times, so you might go through a cycle where it's, you know, you know, your first year you go through, you know, the draft process, recruiting rookies, and then free agency, and you kind of see how that goes. And then when you do that again, it kind of becomes, you know, repetitive where you've, you know, kind of seen the, you know, flow of things, and you can go back and look and you know, personally, you know, the company has, you know, guidelines on what they do, um, you know, who they sign, that sort of thing. But, you know, personally, you could look at that situation and, you know, say that, you know, you could attack this opportunity differently, if, you know, mm-hmm. things were this way, that way. So that was kind of, uh, it got, it got to that point later on once I had uh, been there for, for over, you know, after probably the first year, then, yeah. uh, kind of wanted to pivot, um, you know, just to keep growing. So that's when I, uh, you know, started to, uh, you know, think about, you know, what it would look like if I started my own thing. And uh, so, yeah, no, I definitely relate to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Sometimes you got to, you know, especially as athletes, we got to feel like, you got to feel like, you're, uh, like what you're doing is, 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 is coming out on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't be working over here on one side and it ain't coming out on the other side. Why am I working then? You feel me? So, um, yeah, you got to see those. You got to keep results. challenging yourself. Can't keep doing the same thing. Um, yeah. So you got to see those direct results, man. That's just like, you know, when you're training to play, be in the NFL, training to have a good season, like you directly see results. If you don't see results, what's the point of training? You know what I'm saying? That's exactly how I think. So in the business world, that's exactly why I got into entrepreneurship was the fact of like, Everything I do on a day-to-day basis, I can see outcomes on the other side of it. In corporate, I was doing things on a day-to-day basis. I wasn't seeing nothing on the outside of it. And that was because I was a small, I was an intern or whatever. But at the end of the day, I just had that feeling like, all right, whenever I'm in a position and I feel like I'm not seeing no results from what I'm doing, I'm getting out of it. So talk to your, um, talk about your, your company, man. Talk about, you know, you know, what the steps you had to take to get it started and everything like that to become official and, where you at right now, who you signed, um, and what's your plans for the future? Yeah, so um, now, nah, but yeah, going off what you said, once, uh, you know, once you don't see those results or you're, uh, you know, put, putting, in, putting in work, putting in hours and, you know, 
not a return on, you know, what you're doing. Definitely, uh, you know, got to start, you know, thinking different. So that's kind of, uh, you know, what I did. So I left back in March and then I moved back. I moved back to the Baltimore area in June, late June. Um, I took the Asian exam in July and then I started my company, I think August, early August. So I incorporated all that, um, you know, got set up and then was certified officially October 1st and then kind of went from so there. So you, do, you don't have to do like nothing legally? There's not like degree or anything that you have to have to be, to get the law to, to become an agent or you can just take a test and pass and, and, and become certified? How's yeah, you have to, you have to have a master's degree and then, uh, you know, take, take an exam and the exam is, okay. uh, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough exam. Not going to lie. It's actually really, uh, really tough. A lot of people, uh, you know, I, I guess think think it's gonna you know be easy because it's open open book, but it's a it's a real tricky uh, tricky exam. So I was studying just studying the CBA for a couple months when uh in between then because I was in it's open, uh, it's open book yeah, squirrel. I, I put, you said what? It's open book squirrel. It's open book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the same, man. Oh man, hey, I'm here like that. That. Okay, okay, EJ, I see you out here. Open book. Oh, come on, man. That's that's what that's what everyone that's what everyone says. That's that's, that's what everybody says. That's what get they want you to have your guard. They want you to have your guard down. <laughs> that was, that was right. the hardest thing I had. To, uh, I had. Uh, I had to really study for and do, um, you know, out of anything in, at Wake or UVA by far. But, uh, yeah, so I was just doing that for the summer. And so then, essentially, uh, so essentially I could go get, so essentially I could go get, if I pass this test, cause I already got my master's, I could become an agent. I thought you needed yeah. legal, some type of, uh, law nah, degree or something like that. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Nah. Most, I thought most people are like lawyers. Aren't you that just a coincidence? Yeah, most are most are lawyers, um, but you actually don't have to. So there, if you if you have a master's degree, you can uh, you could just study the CBA and then uh, take take the exam. So, so yeah, you right. could. Yeah, right. anyone with a master's. But yeah, that's that's the biggest <laughs> question because when everyone says your agent, like, I thought you had to be a lawyer to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm that saying? Might, you might have to at least you have to pay for the exam. You might have to at least take that shot if it's open book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, not. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's not. Nah, book test be hard though. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred? Oh no, you can't be playing around with that. You gotta come out yeah, on the other yeah. end with a with a with a with a passing grade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. uh, no, nah, that's what's up, man. So you started your group, man. I cut you off a little bit. You started it. You started your company. You pa- or you passed your uh, your bar exi- or your exam to become an official CBA agent. Um, did you? St- did you already have your company started or did you have to go get your LLC or whatever it is set up as um, you have to go get that set up next? And then what was the next steps after that? Yeah. So I got that set up after I took the test in July. So I started getting that set up and then, um, you know, incorporate all that stuff in about, I think er- early August. And then, you know, officially, you know, got my certificate, you know, October one, then I was, you know, official to sign somebody. I didn't uh, end up going after any rookies uh, this past year. Um, but kind of just went into the, uh, the veteran side. So, uh, one of my good friends who was actually my roommate at Wake Forest, he was, uh, you know, on a one-year deal. So he, uh, and I had worked with him, you know, for, for a little bit when I was down at CAA. So he had a, you know, came over and signed with, uh, you know, one of the guys I worked, worked under. So, um, he ended up, I'm sure you had that set up before you quit that job, huh? (laughs) 
You said what? Nah, oh, so you, you know. You know what I'm saying? Surely you had that set up, Squirrel. Surely you said, I'm not going to quit. I know if I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my own thing, I'm going to make sure I got somebody lined up. I'm going to make sure I got me one contract in hand before I just go out here and be, uh, you know, face first. You didn't have that set up already? Hey, you know, nothing's, uh, you know, set in stone. I felt, I felt good about just going out on my own no matter what, what happened, you know. But, uh, you know, it all uh, ended up coming out full circle. I'll say that. Nah, for real. So, uh, how are you? How, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm getting you in trouble or not. So, I am, just like, stay professional. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if this is uh, incriminating questions or not. We're just gonna keep it. We're just gonna keep it straight. Um, so, you know, if it was me and I was gonna do it, I would like to start with the people that I'm most comfortable with because that's 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 like helping hands. That's how I started. That's how we started growing. You go to the people that you're most comfortable with, right? The people that's going that you can Yo, trust. Exactly. The people that's gonna trust you. So it makes perfect sense to me. Um, it makes perfect sense to me. So what is your, what is your goal or with this company and how do you plan on growing it? Yeah. So I guess that's, that's a, you know, big question. I always get just what, what's next. Um, you know, I feel like the NFL, you know, a lot of different, different personalities, different, you know, guys, um, as far as agents, as well as a lot of different personalities, different, you know, styles, you know, backgrounds, et cetera. But, you know, I feel like just setting up, you know, something and, you know, doing business with the values you believe in and then kind of what's for you is going to, you know, come to you naturally. And, you know, what, what's not for you isn't. So, um, you know, just getting set up, I think was the biggest part and, you know, getting the opportunity to do a, you know, contract and free agency this year you know first year being certified was was big for me and then you know kind of you know just from here on out you know obviously you know we'll do do some recruiting when that time comes up but you know I feel like a lot of times you know people you know reached out you know hey I didn't even know you were you know doing this or that and kind of you know are interested in what you have to offer so you know I feel like it's kind of hard to uh kind of hard to dictate exactly what's going to happen, but, you know, you kind of just, my approach is just setting up with what I believe in, you know, and then kind of seeing, seeing out from there. So that's kind of my approach on what's next. It's kind of hard to, so hard to say to, one thing or another. You're talking to a guy who believe who doesn't actually believe that agents are needed. So I'm just going to play devil advocate advocate here. Hey, hey what'd, you, um, what'd you, what'd you say, Chase? What'd you I'm say saying, you're talking again? to a guy that, that doesn't really think agents are needed. So the agent, the most okay, important okay. thing is the fact of an agent, the agent's most valuable when somebody's not on the team, right? And the agent has the ability to one, use their connections to get opportunities to a kid that doesn't have those or two. Um, actually, I think that's the most valuable thing is the guy that's not on the team or the guy that's a free agent doesn't have a lot of opportunities, but the agent can generate opportunities. That's what the most value in agent is, is what I consider. Um, so do you feel like, what do you feel like is the most valuable thing that agent can offer a kid or offer players? And how do you be better or how do you separate yourself from all the other agents in that space? And also how do you learn about contract negotiation? What, what are you looking for in contract negotiation to get your people the best deals? Yeah. So I, the first part of that question, you, you, I agree, and I feel like that's kind of the general, you know, thought around. I'd say the industry from, you know, the player perspective. You just being a former player, but um, I think maybe 
you know, if you think 20 to 20 years ago, even maybe 10 years ago, where I guess it was kind of a perception. I think that perception of the whole agent has changed. And even, you know, I know they even changed the name a little bit where it's kind of a contract advisor, but you're not really, uh, you know, you're just really advising your client, um, you know, what to do, um, you know, given your input knowledge. But like you said, and I'm sure this is kind of why you're saying that, but like a player, like, so, so why do you say, why do you say you don't need an agent? Is that because you're saying like a player has to go out there on the field, a player's going to, you know, do this, put up his stats. And well, no, I feel like, be, you know, feel he's like going to get paid somewhere in that range. Yeah, that that's okay. So I think that and one. It's, and it's not the think, agent, it's not the agent, you know, yeah, yeah. doing, you know, it's not going to come down to who's your agent, but it's going to be, what, what does that guy look like? Puts the tape on, what are his stats? What's his, like, you're not going to, so know. the one thing an agent can do, I guess now is like do the difference between guaranteed monies and things like that. But that's all in research. A kid could actually do that research yeah. if he wants to. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but eventually, you know, I, I'm saying I don't think a person needs an agent because one, in those rooms, like he can he can basically negotiate his own contract if he does the research of past contracts, what his performance was, all different types of things. He should kind of know where he's going to get paid. The NFL kind of knows what they're going to get paid. And then if they're going to be on a team, the NFL and the players departments, they, pro- they pretty much know who <clears throat> who they're going to give opportunities to. Right. They know who they're going to give opportunities to. They know. I, 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 I think there's very few situations where an agent actually is able to call up a GM or a player personnel person and get his guy in for a tryout. Yeah, I mean, def, definitely, you know, work, working the phones and that that sort of thing is is important. Um, you know, but but like you said, you know, I would just use free agency for example. I mean you know, the teams know who's going to be a free agent, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And I feel like a perception is that an agent, it might be a, you know, the quote unquote persona of a big shot agent where they're just calling up a GM and, Hey, get my guy on this team. And the GM says, okay, yeah, it doesn't work like that, you know, but once you have, you know, a contract, you know, in hand or interest or an offer, and then kind of having someone you trust to, uh, kind of manage that and, um, you know, do the contract of the actual details with the guarantees and that sort of thing is what is when, you know, your job really comes to play. So I feel like it's not as much as the, you know, persona where it's, you know, some, some big shot with his feet up calling a GM. It's not, it's not that, it's not, it's not that. And that's kind of what I, what I learned just with my experience in those, you know, two years and why I felt, you know, comfortable to, you know, go out, go out on my own. You know, I think a big reaction when I, you know, I'd share with some people, a couple of friends, just, you know, that I was thinking about going that route, you know, it wasn't really traditional, I guess, because what I'm 27. So, you know, Kevin, for example, I mean, we're the, we're the same age and that's not really, uh, you know, that's not really typical. You know, a lot of guys said, well, you know, why don't you do it under a company for, you know, a couple more years and maybe, you know, partner with them. But I kind of saw an opportunity, you know, to go out, and kind of do it myself, you know, a little bit because of the same thing you're saying. And that's kind of where I ended up. So I, I, I definitely, uh, you know, feel, feel some of that, but you know, there, there are some, you know, nuances and a lot of tricky stuff with the whole CBA and um, where you're going to want some important, uh, you know, input and someone, someone you could trust. Cause 
you know, it, it goes quick, happens quick. You agree to these, you know, terms quick. And uh, you got to kind of have someone you trust to do, uh, you know, to know what they're doing. So I, I see both sides. Uh, so this is my last question. Then Dom and Max going to jump in here for their questions. Um, so with Kevin, what did you do in that situation to get him assigned with the Browns, if anything? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of teams had, you know, reached out. And, uh, you know, I guess the, you know, the window, I guess that was on Monday, I guess they started. I think he, we agreed to turn on, what was that, Thursday. But a lot of teams had, uh, you know, reached out and inquired. And then the Browns had some uh, DBs who were free agents who ended up signing with different teams. So I had reached out to, you know, their general manager. And, you know, they had an interest at, you know, at the, you know, corner position. They had lost a lot of guys who had played inside and liked Kevin a lot, you know, for that ability. So it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a. Uh, I mean, at the time, the Browns probably weren't, you know, high on the list just from the teams we talked to. But you know, things changed and happened fast in free agency, and then it ended up being, you know, a good fit that he liked and, uh, you know, was comfortable with. Um, so, you know, I know he has, uh, you know, the player kind of has all the input, you know, just on where they're they want to go and. uh I feel like that was a big thing with uh, him as well. And just, uh, you know, signing with me just because, you know, we've been, you know, good friends our whole our whole life and grew up together and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, he knows I'd, uh, you know, he'd be involved in, you know, you know, everything that was going on and kind of make that decision versus, you know, if he didn't know me well or wasn't comfortable with me and I was, you know, an agent, he probably saw twice and, you know, I just called team and say, you know, call him and say, hey, you're signing with this team you know, these are the terms, you know, he was real involved in the whole process. So that was kind of what he was, uh, he was looking for. So it ended up uh, working out good. So this is essentially like helping hands business and the fact of like, you know, you have, a, you, if you have one contract, you one contract away from not having a business, you know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, I guess your goal in is to hit the ground running on who's next on this in your stable. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got Kevin on board. He signed and everything like that. And But, you know, if Kevin gets to the point where he gets released, then you're, you know, if you don't have a contract, you don't have a contract. It's typically how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. So your goal is obviously to get as many contracts or as many big contracts as possible, I'm assuming. Um, and that's kind of the same thing with us as, a, as, as Helping Hands. It's the fact of, you know, if we got zero contracts, then basically all we do is sell. All we do is sell until we got a contract. Once we get a contract, then we in business. You know what I'm saying? Money, cash flow coming in, hiring people, firing people, all those different types of things like that. But it all starts with the coins coming in, right? So that's kind of what I, I think it I think it is a little different and just to go, you know, Kevin ain't gonna get released. I know you know corners. I know you done watch some tape. So I mean he uh he he can go. So yeah. uh but I think it's a little different in that in that approach where not necessarily just chasing, chasing after too much. I think it's just kind of what's a fit for your company. You know, if there's a guy who, you know, has a need and, you know, wants, wants to be involved kind of in the process and that sort of thing, that's kind of more, more my approach, but, um, okay. you know, with, with how I'm set up, I don't really have, you know, a bunch of, you know, expensive overhead and that sort of thing. So I can kind of, I kind of had the luxury where I don't feel like I have to meet a certain quote where it's, you know, Hey, I got to sign five guys or, yeah. you know, the boss is going to be, 
you know, on my head, that sort of thing. So, that makes um, sense. but definitely, you, but definitely are, you have to, you have to plan ahead just, just cause you know, a lot, a lot of stuff is, you know, unknown and um, definitely good to grow a business and, you know, build a name for yourself, build a resume, get that experience. So, but it's a, I feel like a health, healthy balance as well that, uh, you know, I like to keep in mind. So are you, are you doing anything else outside of, outside of the business to, to create revenue, real estate, anything um, like that? No, no, not at the moment, but, uh, but yeah, it's good to have that, you know, flexibility to kind of, uh, you know, be on your own schedule and, you know, you can kind of, you know, do, do a lot when you're not, uh, you know, work, working for a bigger company and probably have responsibility for, you know, this guy and that guy. So it's, uh, it's been good, but I know, you know, in between, you know, contracts, um, you know, a lot of marketing opportunities off the field things for, you know, for your, for your clients and that sort of thing. Uh, everything's kind of on pause with all this, uh, you know, coronavirus. But uh, once, hopefully when this uh, shakes, you can kind of hit their ground running just to do the off the field stuff to stay busy in between, uh, you know, contract periods. So that's what's up, man. So Don, Max, what you guys got? Um, I got a question for you, bro. Um, because I know coming out for me, um, you know, I was like a, I was like an under radar kind of guy, but I know this is a problem with a lot of athletes. Just the fact of what do you do to build trust in your clients, man? Because for me, that was a big thing coming up. Like I had a bunch of agents hit my inbox, and for me, I was like, "Yo, like you guys, I know, I know what I what I'm bringing to the table. I know where I stand. So like, there's not too much you can do for me as a, you know, what I mean, as an agent, you know. So like, I kind of went with somebody local. But what do you do? to build trust in your clients, you know what I'm saying? To make them feel like, you know, you're the one. Yeah. Now nah, I'm glad you uh, said that point. Cause I feel like that's really the biggest thing. And I feel like it might be a little bit what Chase was saying, but yeah, you know, someone coming to you when you're at UVA and you know, you're, you know, last year training, getting ready. I mean, you know, someone sits down and, you know, says, Hey, I'm going to, you know, give you the world and make this, this, and this happen when you know some things are, you know, out of his control, you know, you might, that might be a red flag to you. Uh, but I say just keeping it, uh, you know, keeping it real and, uh, you know, keeping it real and not, not exaggerating things or, you know, stretching the truth. Uh, Cause it always comes back. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff and the little nuances are a little unknown, but, you know, I feel like people might get carried away and, you know, stretch the truth on things, but it always kind of comes back. So, I think a big part of just, you know, keeping it real, um, you know, and not trying to act like, you know, maybe you have all the answers or you have the world in your hands, but, you know, just being, you know, real. And I think a lot of players, you know, especially ones who are, you know, have things figured out and might, you know, be a little, might get it more, you know, uh, respect that at the end. So just, just keeping it real, being real to yourself and real to your client is the biggest thing. All right. That trust. And I, I, I also feel like this is a big one. Or do you pay for your clients to go train in the off, um, like for the combine and all that, like your new ones? Yeah, or yeah, you, you would you would take take care of that will. expense. Um, yeah, de- definitely. Um, Got you know, in, in Kevin's situation with him being a that that didn't have to you know come up. Uh, you know, but I know that whole training with the rookie thing is uh you know, a big thing. So I don't think I'm fronting that expense. Uh, I don't think I'm fronting that expense, man. I'm glad to see <laughs> you. I don't know if I'm fronting that expense for anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to have, a, I'm about to have at least a solid, a solid top, three, top three round pick. 
Yeah. You That's did what, factory rounds? Like, yeah. Yeah, at least. Because I was down there, my agency, we had, it was 12 of us. And two of us got drafted and probably like four or five of us actually signed. And then like another like three or like another extra three probably got tryouts. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you front a lot of people. That's 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 a lot of overhead, boy. <laughs> yeah, now nah, it's good y'all y'all had that figured out because I mean uh, a lot of times with the younger guys they don't they don't really get it, but it's, it's about being on the same page. So um, you know, if a guy you know you know he's not getting drafted, and you can have that talk with their family on you know just and someone understands, and that's a little different. But but uh, yeah, I guess I was assuming just uh like a you know a draft pick or or something like that, but uh. Yeah, it depends on the situation, um, but gotcha. you know, definitely depends on the situation. So you can't really box, you know, everyone in the same same category. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I hate it because of what a first a first round there, you know, guy who's a first round lock gonna look a lot different than you know someone who knows they're you know not getting drafted. So it just kind of, and then as an agency, you have to set you know, okay, who you're going after, you know. What, what's the budget? I mean, the whole rookie thing is is a lot, um, you know. And then they're going through that through the first time. So it's a lot of, uh, gotcha. you know, questions. The family, you know, everything. So it's a lot of time you put in. So um, that's kind of a whole. Uh, I, I, I got really one more question, yo. Yet. I got one more question, real quick, man. Because I know agents be doing this, and um, my my one agent actually, uh, my old agent Marty actually hit me up because now he knows that I'm coaching. Oh, Marty. Yeah, Marty, you know, that's my dog. <laughs> but um, so do you do this? Um, do you, will you give kickbacks for referrals, Joe? No, no. I, like um, if, if, some, if somebody refers them to you, will you, and they sign with you, will you kick back some bread to the person that referred? Or am I incriminating you right now? My I don't like it. No, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, you <laughs> I know, like I only it. signed. Sounds highly I illegal. Only one client, but no, I mean. You, usually, uh, and, and a big thing of me, you know, coming back to Baltimore and moving back was just, uh, you know, uh, you know, I went to high school here, grew up here, and there's a, you know, you know, I have a big network here, so, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, just people who knowing me, who've known me for a while, and you know, if, if the agent thing comes up where you know they can put in a word where it's just, you know, yeah, he's trustworthy, or if someone asks, you know, someone who who might know me or you know, be in one of my circles you know, just to, you know, say he's a solid dude. And that's really, that's really the most you can ask for. And, um, you know, after that, you're kind of going to sell yourself whenever you meet with that client and kind of go from there. So that's really, really all you can ask for. But yeah. I say that. So, Max. Yeah, I'm going to take it, you know, a little bit of a turn. Um, I, I mean, maybe you don't do this now, but do you plan on or – do you even feel it's your job to, you know, take care of your clients so they are set up for life after football? Or is that something that, you know, it's on them to get a financial advisor and, and, and this and that, you know, what, how, how do you take care of that aspect of the, of the players? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a real big thing. Um, that's a, that's a real big thing. And I think that's one thing that kind of can indirectly, um, you know, might go through the selection process if if a guy's looking at, you know, all these guys or if it's five agents and they're all qualified. Um, but, you know, I know agent A and agent B, you know, but I see, 
you know, agency or this agent, uh, you know, has, has a network and, you know, this sort of thing where I can connect with him, relate to him and, you know, things when I'm retired, um, you know, he can help with, um, you know, insight, introduce me to connect me with people. Uh, I feel like that, that does go a long way. So yeah, that's definitely, uh, definitely real important. And one of the, you know, a big thing just with, you know, how quick, quick this stuff is, is over, you know, the average, you know, span career in the NFL isn't long at all. So setting yourself up after that is uh, probably one of the biggest things, to be honest. I got you. Now, do you try to be like that 360 agent, like a financial advisor and all that too, or do you just basically recommend people to do that stuff and you just focus on their, their football goals? You know, I, I haven't uh, dealt, dealt with any financial advisors. Yeah, I know the NFLPA, they do a, you know, program where they have, you know, NFL PA certified uh, contracted okay. or excuse me, financial advisors who, uh, you know, they, they kind of go through their own, uh, you know, vetting process and that sort of thing where, but um, I, I don't, you know, try to act like I'm, you know, the best financial advisor or, you know, that sort of thing. I kind of just wear, wear my hat, but, but, you know, definitely with stress, all that stuff is important and they're taken care of, but I know these, uh, you know, the players, you know, they have a lot of guys, you know, you know, connecting with them, um, you know, through teammates and that sort of thing for, you know, their other, you know, endeavors and that sort of thing. So that's all important, but I don't, uh, you know, get, get too involved in that, but definitely think it's uh, one of the most important things to have all that kind of stuff set up for you. Gotcha. For sure. Um, well, that's, that's what I'm going to say, man. I got one more, I got a couple more questions and then we done. This is just like off the wall questions. So uh, is it true that you had uh, people at Wake Forest down there with the squirrel the squirrel uh, hats or the squirrel mask in the in the stands, man? Oh yeah, the feed the feed the squirrel. Yeah, that that uh that hashtag did did come with me. So uh, yeah, that did feed the squirrel. The, the squirrel that <laughs> presence was uh that was uh you know on it on it popping down in Winston Salem. So uh, that uh <laughs> yeah, that stuck with me. That stuck with me. Who you know, gave you uh, You didn't sell some shirts, bro. Talk about like squirrel gonna get the nut or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You need to play I, off I, that. I don't know about in your business now, baby. I think it was just hashtag. You said bring the Hey, it's not a little different than my hair. Squirrel though. I you know you gotta bring. Bring something. I didn't mean it like that. You know what I mean? But like, you know, the squirrels are going to eat or something like that, you know? Bring that to the business. Let the players sign on with you, man. Hashtag feed the squirrel. Shout out to Paul Freeman. I think Paul Freeman came up with that nickname, but it's. Because, you know, my nickname for for a squirrel was, I, I started giving him a squirrel. My, my nickname for a squirrel was High Hands Hayman. You know what I'm saying? High Hands Hayman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, High Hands Hayman. You know what I'm saying? Boy, squirrel, that might, that might have been rough year. year. That might have been rough year. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Hey, squirrel be wide I'm open. Squirrel, think, uh... squirrel, get, squirrel get off the line. <laughs> be wide open, bro. And you, and you be celebrating because he dropped it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 he had to put his hands out there like that. Hey, Chase. What's up? Hey, Chase. Uh, he'll say this though, when uh, when Chase said that thing about watching one on one tapes, he, he definitely did that before he went up against me. I'll say oh, yeah. that. 
Oh yeah, I definitely watched them tapes. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly. What AK was about had to, to go back to that tape uh-huh. before that step back. You know, I don't think I, I don't think I ever got any. I don't like going no rookies without watching no tape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> EJ, um, uh, D- D- uh, D- uh, Jennings, Jennings, and who's other light skinned boy with the dread? I keep forgetting his name. Dom T. Yeah, Dom T. Terrell. Yeah, yeah. I got to see at least Gooch. Gooch. I was, uh, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, hey, nobody's hey, what, what do I remember about Gooch? <laughs> yeah, nobody's remember about Gooch. Y'all ain't gonna do my man Gooch like that, man. You work on your footwork with Gooch, man. You step up in that press, get your hops in, stab them, done. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but Gooch was the quarterback. Hey, was Gooch was my quarterback. When we got there, he was the quarterback. Yeah, he switched. Yeah, then he switched. Yeah. Um. All right, though, man. I got. I would say um, I, f- I feel like, you know, just, just age and, and being, uh, you know, being a former player, you know, you don't really see that much in this industry. Um, I would say the industry is a lot of, you know, older, older, older guys. Um, you know, I don't know too many. I don't think too many had much football experience, but I feel like, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, one the same with a lot of these uh you know, players just from going through it, you know, I know y'all can, uh, you know, probably see how that, that works. Just, uh, you know, knowing us, like, even though not playing at the, you know, NFL level, you know, like these dudes, but, but, you know, just with high level college, you know, ACC, you know, you have a lot in common and, um, you know, around the same age group. So, you know, if you could do, you know, good work for your client, it's, uh, you're kind of on the same page. And I feel like, to do a good job for your client, you got to understand your client. And that's like a big thing just to serve him, you know, for his on the field, what he's looking for, and then off the field as well. So I would say that's the biggest, uh, you know, difference between me and someone else, I would say. There you go. Well, man, we appreciate you getting on here. It's been a long time coming. Um, obviously, we, we are super proud of everything that you're doing. You know, it's not easy for kids to come out of sports and transition as he is. I don't know if it was easy, but – you know, find a, find a field that they want to do it and stick to it and then grow into making it their own. You got to put some respect on that, man. So um, we appreciate you being on here. Let everybody know where they can reach you at um, and, nah. you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, nah, I, I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely wasn't easy, um, you know, especially in, uh, you know, sports kind of, you know, niche, niche uh, business. But that transition definitely is, uh, you know, challenging just coming, coming from schools and, uh you know, going out into the real world. So, uh, now I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me on, uh, this, you know, great platform, you know, for dudes, I'm going to be tuning in, you know, for these podcasts. Cause I was, uh, you know, looking on the IG page, you know, prior to this, a lot of good stories. So, uh, appreciate y'all boys having me on and y'all, y'all can reach me at, uh, EJ Scott zeros, Instagram and Twitter. And then, uh, TSG athletes is, uh, you know, my new company. So for the sports group, so I like, I like the logo, man. Instagram and Twitter. I, like I appreciate logo. it. I appreciate Who did the logo? It. I actually had some random dude. The logo process was funny because I had I had a couple of different people do it, and I put a lot of money into one guy who was, and then he came back. And I didn't. I hated everything, wasted all that money, and then ended up finding a dude randomly, and he did it for a uh, you know a real cheap price, but it came out came out real good. So yeah, I like that man. That's yeah, I, I I I I sent I sent you his stuff. All right, bet bet. Um, gas of the week, Dom Jones. Is you? 
Come on, man. I did it last week, man, didn't I? You did not do it last week. I did it last week. Oh, it's Max's turn, because I did it when Henry Coley was there. It's Max's turn. All right, Max, what's up? Man, y'all know I got you. <clears throat> My y'all know I got you. My gas of the week gonna come from a little quote that I saw today, man. It said, uh, if you come out of this quarantine and you ain't have a side hustle or something to make yourself some extra income, then don't complain if you ain't making the money that you want to make. And, and all I'm saying is, man, use your time that you got wisely. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Everyone's, you know, hanging out, Zoom calling. Use this time that you got to focus on your craft, you know, start something new, whatever you, you didn't have an excuse to do. Um, you know, now you got an excuse to do it because, you know, most of us is at home, some of us ain't working. So you really have no excuse now not to get it going. And we out. Well, I'll let you guys next week. We out. today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.